We're turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. We're going to look at one of the great passages from the Bible. Now, remember, I mentioned that the next week we actually start verse by verse, passage by passage, all the way through the Gospel of Matthew. Now, Matthew is incredible because it presents Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords as the King of the Jews, and we're going to see some incredible things as we go through that over the weeks and months. This morning, we want to look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Sometimes people stop at 8 and 9. They just say, yeah, everybody knows Ephesians 2, 8, 9, but they don't always talk about 10 and we realize how vital verse 10 is. If you were to ask me my favorite verse, I would probably say, well, I mean, I love John 3.16 because God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever, anyone would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. I mean, what better verse can, can you say? But then at the same time, when you think of Ephesians 2.8.9, by grace, saved, faith, gift, it's, it's just amazing. So this morning, we're going to look at... Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, and we're going to see two things. We're going to see the grace of God, and that's God's gift, the salvation aspect. And then we're going to see the plan of God. That's for us to do good works and service. And so as we look at this, we're going to see what God has done for us. That's our salvation. And then we're going to see what are we to do for God, and that's our service. And so we want to be encouraged from the passage. I hope as we start a new year and before we get into Matthew, I want you to just think about the salvation message and then the service message, and they, they go together. Well, I think one of the most important questions ever asked was found in the book of Acts, chapter 16. It was a Philippian jailer, and he raised the question to Paul and Silas. If you remember, Paul and Silas had gone into the city of Philippi, and they proclaimed Jesus Christ, and they cast out a demon, and then the people jumped on them, beat them up, and they threw them into prison. And in the middle of the night there, and then they're singing praises, and an earthquake came, and the earthquake came, and all the, the doors were open, and the chains fell off, and nobody ran out. And the Philippian jailer, who was responsible, and he thought they'd run out, so he was going to kill himself. And as he pulled his sword out to kill himself, Paul said, don't kill yourself, we're all in here. And he knew that these men had come with some kind of message, some kind of message about salvation. So he then brought them out and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul answered very simply and just said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. Salvation is a faith. And the great truth is that this is the key question that all people need to ask. How can a person have eternal life? How can a person have a relationship with God? How can they be saved is one way to put it. As we look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, we see the clear answer. How does a person save? They're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's faith alone. But we also see something else, because when you look at verse 10, he talks about service. What We who believe in Jesus Christ, we who have eternal life, we who have trusted in Jesus Christ, what are we to do? And so as we look at this, we're going to think about two key truths, salvation. And here's the thing. Either people will be with Jesus Christ forever, or they'll be separated from Jesus Christ forever. I mean, you realize that. There's no in-between. This is all true. Either a person is going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, which is called eternal life, are they going to spend eternity separated from Jesus Christ, which is called the second death? But then there's also the key truth in this passage this morning is the idea of service. What is God's plan for us as believers? What are we supposed to do? And so we're going to look at this morning just in these verses, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. In fact, here's how we'll divide it up. It's very simple. Part 1 is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. That's our salvation. Part 2 is our service. That's Ephesians 2, 10. So let's start. 
And let's look at salvation. Now, this is not new. It should not be new to anyone in our church. Maybe for some of you, you think, wait a minute, I've never really thought through this. Maybe I've heard things all my life. Maybe I'm not clear. Maybe I'm not sure what the Bible says. So this morning, I want you to look at these two verses, verses 8 and 9, that talk about our salvation. And I want you to see what they say. Let me read those two verses. He says, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not as a result of works so that no one may boast. So when he says that salvation, we see salvation is a gift. It's a gift from God. It's not based on our works, not based on our goodness, but it's on God's grace. Salvation is by faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. I just quoted John 3, 16. God loved the world. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Romans 4, 5. But to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for righteousness. Those are just three verses. There's over 150-something verses in the New Testament that say that we're saved by faith. And so when we think about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it's, it's going to talk, these verses talk about salvation. In fact, five words stand out. Saved, grace, faith, gift, and works. Notice he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And he goes down and says, it's the gift of God. But then in there he says, it's not of yourselves and it's an, not a result of works. So there's five words. I look at it this way that we can see there are, five, there are four positive words. Grace, saved, faith, gift. And then there's two that are from the negative end. Not of self and not of works. And so we're going to look at that as we go through this. Salvation is by grace, through faith, as a gift not of ourselves. Now, there are a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, yeah, salvation is by faith alone or salvation is by grace. And then when they get right down to it, they add things to it. They add works to it. They'll say, yes, yeah, by faith in Christ, but you've got to be willing to do this or you've got to get baptized or you've got to give your life to Jesus or you've got to turn away from your sin or you've got to do this. And they add all of those things to it. Now, is salvation by grace through faith as a gift or is it works? Well, what does Paul say? By grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, it's not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Let's look at first the positive, and the very first word I want you to see is grace. Look what he says in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved. Now what is grace? When we see this word all the time, people talk about grace. The scripture uses the term over and over, in fact it's found all through the New Testament. What is grace? Grace is actually unmerited favor, it is something that is undeserved. Grace is just something given to you. It is, we used to say an old acronym was grace was God's riches at Christ's expense. It's getting what we don't deserve. None of us deserve eternal life. None of us deserve a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God's plan is totally of grace. And it's all in His Son, Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that He gave. The word gave there is the idea of a grace, of a gift. God gave His only begotten Son. It's grace. So understand, it's not what we do. It's what God has already done for us. It's grace. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God did not say, listen, if you guys will kind of clean up your act a little bit, you know, you're pretty bad. You've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's not one that seeks after God. God didn't say, listen, you're not coming after me. You're not looking for me. You're not doing anything. If you can kind of get your act together, I will save you. But he doesn't say that at all. In fact, he doesn't say get your act together. In fact, you can't get your act together. 
Just realize it is grace. He says, for by grace you have been saved. It's the grace of God over and over. First Peter 3.18, for Christ died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust to bring us to God. Jesus did it all. Understand that we do not deserve grace. And by the way, let me say something. If you deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. You can't deserve it. You can't earn it. God does it all. We are to proclaim when we go out these doors, we're to proclaim in this lost world the message of grace. That's what sets us apart. We call ourselves a grace church. We hold to the grace message of salvation. By grace we have been saved through faith. So what the first word is by grace. And then I want you to look at the second word, and the second word is saved. And notice what he says, by grace you have been saved through faith. Let's talk about saved. We're saved. God's plan is to save us. God's plan is to to save us so that we can spend eternity with him. Notice it's literally you have been saved. It's the perfect tense in Greek. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot, but what it actually means is this. It means a past action with continuing result. So it says, by grace, you have been saved. You are saved in the past, and the continuous result is you will always be saved. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, you have been saved, and you will always be saved. Paul wrote it that way on purpose. He said, by grace, you have been saved. Action in the past with continuing results. That's how he put it. We have been saved. Past action. Now, here's my question. So we, I have people look at this and go, saved from what? Saved from separation. Saved from being separated from God forever. See, a lot of people, especially unbelievers, we go through this world, and they don't realize that they're separated from God. They're separated from God even now. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray, though. But we're going our own way. Unbelievers don't know him. They're separated from him, and they don't even realize it because he has allowed people to live in this beautiful world. I mean, it's a fallen world, but it's still beautiful. And unbelievers and believers alike can look at the mountains and the clouds and the sun and the moon and all the beauty that's there, and they don't always realize that they are separated from God. And if something doesn't change, they'll be separated forever. He says, for by grace you have been saved. Saved from separation. Saved from perishing. Saved from being separated from God forever. God is the one who gave his sons so that we will not perish. People will either live forever with Jesus Christ or exist. Let me put it a different way. We'll either exist forever with Jesus Christ, which is called eternal life, which is called living forever, or we'll exist forever separated from Jesus Christ, which is called the second death, and sometimes it's called the lake of fire. Sometimes people use the word hell. All people come into this world dead in trespasses and sins. We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. There's none righteous, no, not one. We need a Savior. That's why it says, for by grace you have been saved. If we are not saved, we will spend eternity separated from God. There's a question I always ask in membership training. And people sometimes answer it wrong. (laughs) I ask this question. Did you trust Jesus Christ to keep from going to hell? And the answer is yes. Right? Why did you trust Christ? Because you're dead in trespasses and sins. You're you're already condemned. You're You're separated from God. And the only way you can have eternal life and be with Jesus Christ and not be in the lake of fire is by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. So the truth is this. 
Did you trust Jesus Christ to keep from going to hell? Of course you did. That's why you trusted him. So you could have eternal life and a relationship with him forever and you wouldn't spend eternity separated. Now, by the way, I want you to understand that we are secure in Christ simply because he says, by grace, you have been saved. You're saved in the past with continuing results. God says that when you believe, you get eternal life. Now, eternal life is life forever. You get eternal life the moment you believe. John 5, 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, here's my word, and believes him who sent me has, present tense, eternal life. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you get eternal life. Eternal life cannot end because it's eternal life. Now, it could end if it was called something else. He said, if you believe in him, you get temporary life. That's not what he says. He says you get eternal life. So when you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, the moment you believe, you have an eternal relationship with him, and you are saved and saved forever. When people say something like, well, you could lose your salvation, they do not understand what eternal life is. Eternal life is eternal. That's why Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and nobody can pluck out of my hand. My Father who gave them me is greater than all. Nobody can pluck them out of his hand. I and the Father are one. That's John 10, 27 through 30. Nobody can pluck us out of his hand. We are saved and saved forever because he gives us eternal life. Now, notice what it says. For by grace, unmerited favor, you have been saved. In the past, you have been saved with continuing results. And then he gives us another word, through faith. Salvation is by faith. Salvation is by faith. And the faith in the provision. The provision is Jesus Christ. We put our faith in Jesus Christ who died and rose again. Now, people are confused about faith. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's amazing to talk to people and they don't know what faith is. And they think faith is some kind of work or they think faith is some kind of feeling. Faith is actually taking God at his word. That's what faith is. God said, I love you. I've sent my son Jesus Christ to die for you. He died on the cross to pay for your sin. He rose again to conquer death. And if you will trust in him, believe in him, he gives you eternal life. So faith is taking God at his word, and I trusted in Jesus to give me eternal life. That's what it's about. You trust in Jesus to give you eternal life. That's what faith is. Faith always has an object. The object of our faith is Jesus who offers the promise is eternal life. Our faith is in Jesus Christ who died and rose again and offers to us a gift of eternal life. It's that simple. As I said a while ago, there are over 150 places in the New Testament that say it's by faith. Think of Galatians 3.26, you're children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. The object of our faith is Jesus who promises eternal life. Now think about that. Jesus Christ is God. He's the Son of God. He died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again. And he turns to us and says, I give you a promise. If you will trust me, I will give you eternal life. So we trust him to give us what? Eternal life. That's it. By grace, you have been saved through faith. God's plan is we're saved by grace through faith. Notice he goes, and we're going to come back to it in a minute. He says, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. We'll come back to, it's the gift of God. But see, some people, when they read this, it says, and that not of yourself, they think that the word that goes back to the word faith. And so they say that faith's not of yourself, and so God has to give you faith. The Bible doesn't say God gives you faith. This faith, when it says not of yourselves, in the Greek, that's, that word that is in the neuter, and it refers to the whole passage. By grace you have been saved through faith. That is what's not of yourself. So just understand that. By grace you have been saved through faith. That's not of yourselves. It's not you. 
And then there's this other word. It's the gift. I love the word gift. Don't you love the word gift? How many of you love gifts? Do you love a gift? My birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> I might get a gift. I might get a gift. Who knows? I'll be 49 again. Yeah. <laughs> so we all love gifts, right? He says, by grace you've been saved through faith and understand. It is the gift of God. God says, I give you a gift. The gift is eternal life. The gift is something freely given. That's what it is. What is a gift? It's something freely given. It's like a present. And when you think about your birthday, what did you do? You did nothing. Your mother did all the work, right? She, she should get all the presents. And so we, we, we yeah, that's the mama's all clapping. So here we are. We say, here's your birthday. I got a gift for you. And you go, what did I do? You did nothing. You did nothing. It's called a gift. And a gift is freely received. You, you can't do anything for a gift. If you do, it's not a gift anymore. Think about this. What if I said to you, I will give you $50 to wash my car. I'm not giving you $50. Why? You have to wash the car. If I said I will give you $50 and you say, what do I have to do? I say, nothing. Here, I'll give you $50. You go, thank you, right? That's a gift. But if I said I'll give you $50 if you wash my car, that's not a gift. You, have, you earned it. That's why when we say salvation is a gift and it's by faith alone and Christ alone, it's not be sure and walk down an aisle, be sure and give your life to Jesus, be sure and turn away from your sin, be sure and do all these following things. That's all works. It's not a gift anymore. If I've got to do the following things, that's not a gift. It's a gift when it is given to me freely. Eternal life is given to me and you freely. It is the gift of God. You ought to clap your hands for that because that is the most wonderful thing in the whole world. Look at this. If it's by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. How many works do you have to have to have works? Just one thing. If I said you can be saved by faith if you're willing to turn away from your sins. You don't even have to turn away from your sins, but you've got to be willing to turn. That still works. It's either grace through faith as a gift or it's not. And so many people talk about salvation as a gift and then they add works to it. Notice what Paul says. He wants to be clear. It's by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Maybe you always thought that Salvation was something you had to do, something you had to earn, that God would save you if you try to live a, right, live, live a certain way. I, before I became a believer, I, I, I always thought if you just did more good than bad, you'd be okay. Just do more good than bad, and then when you stood before God, it'd be like a big scale, and he'd say, okay, you got this many goods, you got this, okay, you're, you're in. You did more good than bad. That's what I thought. I thought it was works. I thought it was goodness. I didn't know it was a gift. I didn't know it. It's not of myself, notice, not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not a result of works. I hope and pray that every one of you in this room, that you understand that having eternal life is not based on your works or goodness or righteousness or anything. It is based on faith alone and Christ alone who gives you eternal life as a gift. And anyone can be saved anytime, anyplace, anywhere when they twit their faith and they say, I believe that Jesus Christ gives me eternal life. I believe that he is my Savior and I'm trusting in him. That's eternal life. It's not works. It's not goodness. We are saved by grace through faith. And then he has these other two things. The negative, it's not of yourselves. It is not of ourselves. Isaiah 64, 6 says, the righteousness of man's filthy rags. If you said, I'll do good, I remember thinking one time, okay, uh, I, I'm going to be good for God, and sort of like I had a big wheelbarrow full of all my works, and I'm going to roll them up to God and go, 
what do you think? And he says, those are filthy rags. Could you get those out of here? Okay, I didn't think about that. See, because it's not of yourself. It's not your works. It's not your goodness. Not of ourselves. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness we do, but according to his mercy does he save us. Galatians 2, 16, knowing a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not works. It's faith. It's always that way. It's not of ourselves. Romans 4, 5, the one who does not work but believes, his faith is credited for righteousness. Look at verse 9, not as a result of works. It's not works. Notice this, so that no man or no one may boast. Listen, if you did something to gain salvation, you could boast. You could say, I I was willing. I've had people say, you just got to go down front. Well, you know what I could say? I was willing to go down front and somebody else wasn't. I could boast. I was willing to turn away from my sins and somebody else wasn't. Look, it's not of works so that you can't boast. I trusted Christ in college at a school called Delta State University. It's in Cleveland, Mississippi. And after I trusted Christ, I remember it was about that, about a week or two after I trusted Christ, I was walking down the, the hall, and a guy came up to me, we started talking, and somehow it came up, and I said, hey, I, I'm going to heaven, I have eternal life. And he said, who do you think you are that you, you think you are good enough to go to heaven? I said, oh, wait a minute, you're mess, I'm, I'm saying, not saying it right, obviously. It's not me. I'm not good enough to go to heaven. Jesus Christ has given me the gift of eternal life. And it's not based on me, because I fall short of God's glory. It is a gift that he's given me when I trust it in him. That's what it is. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. I want to show you something. Uh, Paul says, may it never be that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to ever boast, just say, I'm boasting in Jesus who died for me and paid for my sins and rose again, and he gives me eternal life. By faith. That's what we boast in. I want to show you this. Religion is man trying to please God, and Christianity is God pleasing God. The world is full of religions. They're everywhere. In fact, there are a lot of religions that have the name Christianity connected to them because they'll say, you're saved by this, 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 and this, and this, and they add works to it. Religion is man trying to do something to get to God. Every religion in the world is man trying to get to God, doing something. But true Christianity is God-pleasing God. It is God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God did it all, and then God provides it all and says, I'll give you the gift of eternal life. So there's a difference between religion and Christianity. We look to our Savior, Jesus Christ. By grace, through faith, it's a gift, not of ourselves, not works. By the way, salvation is not what we give to God, but what he gives to us. Salvation is not what we promise God, but what he promises us. We are saved because we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Those are great verses, but it doesn't end there. Because Paul then goes on and says, for, and he's going to give an explanation. He's going to talk about what we do. What is God's plan for us? Those who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, what's his plan? And we're going to see our service in Ephesians 2.10. Now, I want you to notice something. I'm going to read... 8 and 9, and then I'm going to read 10 and see if you notice anything different. Listen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned beforehand that we 
would walk in them. Do you notice a difference? In, in verses 8 and 9, it's all singular. By grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. That's all singular. When you get to verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship. He's not talking about individual believers. He's talking about the body of Christ. He's saying, listen, we're all saved by grace through faith, but then now we are his workmanship. We, the plural, the body of Christ. By the way, I love this. Notice what it says, for we are his workmanship. The word workmanship is a unique word. It's, there's a Greek word for do, and it's poeo. This is the noun, poem. Does that sound like anything to you? Does it sound like the word poem? That we get the word poem from this word. It means workmanship. It means something special. It means masterpiece. So what God actually says, for you are his masterpiece. And he says we, not you. We are his masterpiece. He's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the believers. We are a masterpiece. God has put us together. We're a work of art. We're in Christ Jesus. Notice he says, created in Christ Jesus. The moment you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you're placed in Christ. Christ is the church. The body of Christ is the church. That's us. We're made alive in Christ. We're raised up in Christ. We're seated in Christ. That's back in Ephesians chapter 2. And notice this. We are not saved by good works. We are not kept saved by good works. But we are saved to do good works. Look what he says. We are his workmanship. We, the body of Christ, are his workmanship, his poem, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which God prepared beforehand. God planned this beforehand, that we would walk in them, that we would live in them. We would be people who do good works. I want to read something to you. You don't have to turn there. This is the book of Titus. And listen to this. Chapter 2, verse 14. God gave himself, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people of our own possession, zealous for good deeds. Chapter 3, verse 8. This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want to confidently speak for those who have believed God to be careful to do good deeds. Deeds. Chapter 3, verse 14, he says the same thing. Be diligent to do good deeds. All the way through the Bible, as believers, we're to do good deeds. It has nothing to do with be saved. We're not saved by doing good deeds. We're not kept saved by good deeds. We are saved to do good deeds. We are created by God as a new creation in Christ as children of God, as those who have been saved to do good works. Now, we've already seen our salvation has nothing to do with good works. It's by grace we've been saved through faith in ourselves to get to God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But for, but we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. What are some good works? What? Telling people about Jesus Christ. When we go out these doors and we tell people about Jesus Christ, that's good works. Meeting physical needs, that's good works. Teaching God's word, that's good works. Encouraging others, that's good works. We are saved by grace through faith so that we can live a life of good works. Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your what? Your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So let's wrap this up. And what have we seen? That salvation is God's plan by grace through faith. It's a gift. It's not self. It's not works. But God's plan for our service is we're new creations. We're, we, we, the body of Christ, are God's masterpiece 
to do good work. So let me give you some quick applications, okay? Let's proclaim clearly God's salvation plan. Know the plan of salvation. Know what it is. Just remember, it's grace through faith. It's not works. It's, it's grace, faith, salvation. It's God's gift. It is not what we do. It is not works. So know it. Second, be ready to share the message. Now, how do you do that? You've got to know how to share your faith. You've got to know at least one way to share your faith. At least one. If, you said, if I said to you, could you go out these doors and tell somebody how to have eternal life? If you said, I can't, you come see me. We'll get you in that 412 class because that'll teach you how to do that. And if you can't get into that, we'll teach you by yourself. We'll get, we'll get with you because you need to know. You need to pray for opportunities, then you need to look for the opportunities. Second, may our lives be characterized by good works. Understand the place of works. Works have nothing to do with salvation, but as those who belong to Jesus Christ, we're to do good works. It's not for salvation not to stay saved, but because we are saved. And he says in Philippians 2, we shine as lights in a fallen world. May we praise God for his glorious plan of salvation by grace, saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. May we also praise God that he's left us on this earth, that he's planned that we are his masterpiece and we're to do good works.